Right. Good morning and happy Mother's Day. I'm glad everyone could make it this morning on this beautiful rainy day. Um, yeah, I do just uh, want to say thank you um, to all the mothers out there um, just for all, all that you do, right? It's a job that's um, often not a role that's often not recognized and, and uh, just so, so thankful and, and not even just for um, biological moms, but all the spiritual moms out there. I, I love in, uh, the epistles, Paul's talking to Timothy and he, and he says, treat, um, treat uh, women like, like mothers and sisters. And I think as a church, we need to do that and just remembering how uh, um, we're being taken care of, not just by our biological mothers, but the, the, the women that, that God has put in our lives to take care of us in those ways too. And really, really super appreciate to have um, many women like that in this church. Um, so uh, we have just started last week. We started the book of Ecclesiastes. However, we're not going there today. Um, what we're going to do today is we are actually, the Ecclesiastes is the teachings of Solomon, and we're actually going to stay in the teachings of Solomon today. But if you were to turn to Ecclesiastes, we're actually going to go just one page back, and we're going to be in the book of Proverbs. So we're going to be in Proverbs 31. Uh, if you were around last summer, we actually preached through the Proverbs, uh, but we Though we wanted to, we never got to Proverbs 31, uh, and so we thought this would be a really good opportunity to teach that passage. It's, it's, it's still a, a teaching of Solomon, a, a teaching of, of, of wisdom on this concept of wisdom, which fits very much with Ecclesiastes, and of course, it's also very fitting uh, today as, as Mother's Day, as this is um, the teaching of, of uh, the excellent wife, or the, the woman who fears the Lord. So we're going to be in Proverbs 31, and it's uh, kind of a longer passage. I'm going to read 10 through 31. Um, so Proverbs chapter 31, 10 until the end there. So let me read. An excellent wife who can find, she is far more precious than jewels. The heart of her husband trusts in her, and he will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not harm all the days of her life. She seeks wool and flax and works with willing hands. She is like the ships of the merchant. She brings her food from afar. She rises while it is yet night and provides food for her household and portions for her maidens. She considers a field and buys it with the fruit of her hands. She plants a vineyard. She dresses herself with strength and makes her arms strong. She perceives that her merchandise is profitable. Her lamp does not go out at night. She puts her hands to the distaff and her hands hold the spindle. She opens her hand to the poor and reaches out her hands to the needy. She is not afraid of snow for her household, for all her household are clothed in scarlet. She makes bed coverings for herself. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. Her husband is known in the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them. She delivers sashes to the merchant. Strength and dignity are her clothing, and she laughs at the time to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom, and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. She looks well to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. Many women have done excellently, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceitful, and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised." Give her of the fruit of her hands, and let her works praise her in the gates. Let's pray. Father God, we want wisdom. Uh, we, we, we need it. We need wisdom to rightly understand the world that we're in and, and the situations that, that, we, that we come across, Father. And, and uh, 
Um, Father, that's, that's what you offer in, in Proverbs. Well, in this very specific proverb, you want us to see um, the praiseworthiness, the value of uh, fearing God, and specifically the value of, of, of a woman fearing God and, and, and living that out uh, in their life. Father, may we see that, and may today it lead to hearts of, of praise um, for such women, but also a heart, a heart of praise for you for offering such wisdom, for offering the opportunity to fear you, to be in relationship with you, to, um, to be loved by you. Father, may we see that today. May we understand it, and uh, may, may this very practical proverb um, helps teach us and show us how to, how to, how to live uh, honoring you and honoring others. Father, we pray things in your name. Amen. All right, so um, obviously this may seem like a really good Mother's Day passage. One, because it's about a woman specifically, uh, or women in general, as we'll, as we'll figure that out as we continue on in here. Um, but it also is very Mother's Day-like in the sense that if it's, it's actually a poem. Um, and it's actually an acrostic poem. And so, um, I don't know if you remember when you were a kid, you write your name, write down, you know, B-U-R-T, and then you write the words across or sentences across, right? That's what this is, except it's through the alphabet. Um, it's through the Hebrew alphabet, so they're A to Z, um, 20, 22, 22 letters. And so it's, a, it's an acrostic going all the way down. And kind of the idea is this is the, the full encompassing of, 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 what a, of what a, the phrase here is excellent woman. We'll talk about that a little bit, excellent wife. Um, what that person looks like. Uh, as I studied it more though, I saw it's actually more than just an acrostic. Um, it's also uh, chiatic, which means that um, this is a form, a special form of, of Hebrew poetry where you have a point here, and that same point you make at the end, and the next point is a point before that, before that, for that, for that, for that, like that, and so that they kind of pair up and kind of with um, a, a big point in the middle, and so it's that, but it also has a lot of parallelisms, right? And a parallelism is where you have one concept, and then you repeat that concept in the next phrase, or you have one concept, and then you do the opposite. And so as I was reading this and studying this, um, so my, my undergrad is in English writing literature, and so I did lots of studying and critiquing of, of, of poems, um, in, in uh, getting my bachelor's and studying this, it's a very elaborate, a very high quality poem. Um, very, very impressive, very neat. Obviously, I'm studying it. It's written in Hebrew originally, and this is the, the English version of it, but it's a very beautiful poem. What's cool about the fact that the way Hebrews did poetry is even though we can't see the letters, we get to see the other things, right? Because their poetry is not in rhyming, but in themes and in ideas, and we get to see that in here, which is, which is um, quite wonderful. Another thing I think worth mentioning about this poem is it's a certain type of poem, and the type of poem is, is it's a praise poem. It's a it's a it's a poem that is that is praising something. It's meant to praise something, and it's also meant to pull others to praise something. And uh, what's interesting, and I, and I think it's really clear here, you'll see it, is uh, it's it's calling for the praise of this woman of this very specific type of woman. That that that's that's the the call here, and. Uh, that may seem kind of strange or interesting to you, because but what I think is what I think is interesting is there's actually only one command in this whole passage. This whole passage, there's only one command. It's in verses 30 and 31. It's at it's at the end there. Um, it's actually said it's actually said twice, um, in 30 and 31. But a woman who fears the Lord is is to be praised. That's the command once, and then let her wo- let her works praise her in the gates. That's number two. So it's same command but said twice, and that is that this woman is to be praised. Right, that's that's the command there, and um, you guys, when you hear that, you might do something that I kind of did 
when I thought that or heard that? And that's, well, as Christians, aren't we just supposed to praise God, right? Isn't, isn't it wrong to, to, to praise other things? Um, and, and, we'll, and we'll kind of get into that. I think this, this quote is really helpful. Sam Crabtree, he actually uh, wrote some articles and some books about the concept of, of honoring, how we honor other people and, and in, in light of also worshiping God. And uh, he said this in one of his articles. He says, I can hear blasphemy sirens going off in readers' minds. If praise somebody other than God means praise somebody instead of God or more than God, the concern is warranted indeed. But if praise somebody other than God means do it because God is honored by it, that's another thing entirely. Is it possible that God actually receives more honor from us when we praise somebody other than God? The answer can be yes. In the same way that the heavens are declaring the glory of God, God's common kindness in everyone around us, both saint and sinner, is declaring his glory as well. But just as God does not receive as much glory when we fail to pause, observe the heavens, and verbalize our praise, so he does not receive as much glory when we fail to pause, observe his goodness in others' lives around us, and verbalize our praise. Um, I found that really helpful to understand this concept, right? So I think we do understand this idea of, man, when, if you're out in the woods or, or if you're um, out somewhere and you see a beautiful sunset, we understand the concept that when we say, man, that sunset is beautiful, that honors God, right? Because he made it and that beauty comes from him and he made that beauty. Well, that same concept transfers over to people. When we see um, God honoring qualities in people uh, and we say, wow, that is, that is great, that is beautiful, that is wonderful, uh, that you are that way, that you've chosen to do that thing, uh, that honors God, that brings God honor, right? So we're not worshiping this person, we are praising them uh, for the way God has worked in their life. And, and we'll see in this passage um, that it really is true praise and there's great value in it as we move on. Um, so there's kind of three ways that this poem praises uh, this woman. Um, number one is her great value. It, it praises her value. Uh, it praises her character and her actions, right? That's a lot of, I think when we read this, that's what we're really stuck on because she does a lot of things and she does a lot of really big, hard to do things. And so we think a lot about the actions that she does, does in it, but that's one of the ways. And then the final way is it actually kind of says how to praise her, how, how, family, but even how community should praise this woman. Now, before we get into those, that, that's kind of how we're going to break up this message. But I think there's some things we should try to understand first before we get in. I think it's helpful to understand who this woman is. Um, I think the f- first question worth asking is, is this a specific woman? Does this author have a specific woman in mind? Uh, you can look at the very beginning of this chapter, Proverbs 31.1, it says the words of King Lemuel, an oracle that his mother taught him. Now, we don't honestly know much about this. We don't know who King Lemuel is. We've never, there's names not anywhere else. It's actually possible, and I think probably likely, that King Lemuel actually is Solomon. Um, just another name for him. Um, it's, it's very possible because he's, he's had other names like that throughout Proverbs and throughout the other wisdom writings that are very similar to that. Um, so I think that, that, that's possible. And, uh, but we don't, we don't know that for sure. Uh, obviously the, the, this, or, the Oracle one through nine was his mother's. I believe it's probably likely that this, uh, poem perhaps came from the mother, was inspired by the mother. If it was Solomon, that would mean, um, Bathsheba. Uh, so it's again, possible. I'm not going to make a claim on that. Uh, but we, we, 
I think as we gather, because it says that comes, I have an excellent wife who can find, she is following precious. I think we gather that this poem itself is not actually about a specific woman. I think it's about a specific type of woman. Um, another thing that maybe people sometimes ask is, so this is at the end of Proverbs, and in Proverbs, wisdom is referred to as a woman throughout, throughout the whole book, right? There's, there's kind of this lady, lady wisdom throughout the book of Proverbs. And so some people have read this as, oh, this is a personification of that woman. Uh, I, I think that's very clearly not the case, I think, as, as, as you look, um, because Proverbs also personifies many things as, as one personifies um, lust and even at points laziness and, and, uh, and strife and other things as, as women. Um, but Proverbs actually also does specifically refer to specific, uh, like, like actual women in general, I should say. Uh, Proverbs 12, 4 says, a good wife um, is her husband's pride and joy, right? So that's talking about an actual wife, in general, actual person that exists. And so I do not believe that Proverbs here is talking about a theoretical, um, well, it's talking about a picture, a woman that, that uh, isn't real, but is, a, is the picture of, uh, of, of wisdom. But I do think this woman definitely is an example of what a wise person looks like. I think that's very clear. I think that's the reason it's at the end of Proverbs. I think when you read all the Proverbs and you see, um, and you ask what would it look like to live all of these out, you get this woman. This, this woman is that. So I think that is also true. So this, this woman is, is, is general, is not a specific woman, and, and, and she is real. Um, she, she, is, she is the Proverbs woman. The, Proverbs 14.1 says, it says, homes are made by the wisdom of women, um, but are destroyed by foolishness. And there's many verses like that in Proverbs. So Proverbs, even though it was written kind of specifically from Solomon to a son, it definitely is meant to be wisdom to all because there's Proverbs throughout, again, including this very end that provides what this wise woman looks like. This is a, a woman of wisdom, a woman, you might say again, a Proverbs woman. One more uh, thing I think is really helpful to look at is uh, I read the ESV translation. The ESV translation, that very first verse um, says an excellent wife, right? It uses the word excellent. Um, you guys probably have, maybe have other translations with probably other words. Um, and I actually don't think excellent is a great is a great word for that. It actually uh, almost never anywhere else says excellent. I think they just chose excellent because it's a little bit more general because the word is actually used in many, many different ways. And I, I think this is really interesting to think about. So the word most commonly is either mighty or valiant. And it's almost always used to describe soldiers or warriors. Um, it's also used to just talk about an army, like to, to say an army, like this word, like it'll say an army, and that's literally the word that is there. And I think it's the word that we say, like when we say the armed forces, that word force, right? Um, the, the, the general came with a great force, right? Um, that's the word. And so, and uh, it's often also used just to use the word strength. Instead of the word strength, it'll say uh, this, 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 this word. Uh, another spot that's very interesting that you'll see it a lot is actually, it'll literally be the word wealth. Right, so you can see it's got vast, vast uses, but that wealth means it's always, it's always in a position where it means like enough, enough money, enough finances, enough to take care of the situation. And so um, I think, and maybe your translation has this, a better word for this situation would be capable or maybe competent. 
uh, would, would be good. I, I, I also like, cause, because there's this kind of this concept of, of bravery also the, in the wood, but also in this passage, valiant really would be a pretty good word also, um, I think, to describe this woman, a, a capable wife, a valiant wife, uh, maybe even noble, a noble, a noble wife. Um, and as we go through this, obviously you will see that confident and capable is a very good word. Uh, a very good word, because the woman who truly lives out Proverbs, the person who truly lives out Proverbs is uh, very capable. Is someone who's very competent and very, very capable. And then the final thing before we get into it, we need to look at, I think we have to see here, is because this is chiastic, remember the, there's a point in the beginning, and that point is mirrored at the end. So that end, that end passage or that end verse will help us understand the beginning. So we need to read uh, 30 and 31 to just understand who this woman is. And it says this again, charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. A woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. So again, that concept, the, the, the woman, that capable woman is the woman who fears God. They're the same, they're the same thing. That, that's, that's where this comes from. And that's where, when we talk about this concept of praise and being able to praise um, something that comes from God, right? The woman who fears God, that's, that's someone to be praised. And again, that's, that I would argue is the main point of this entire passage. I think uh, bef- it is important to remember what uh, fear of the Lord is. If you remember in the beginning of Proverbs, Proverbs 1, 7, it actually says that the beginning of knowledge or the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord, right? So uh, wisdom itself starts and begins with the fear of the Lord. If, if, if you do not fear the Lord, you cannot have true wisdom. Um, so I think to understand that, before, to read this, to read about this woman, we need to know what the fear of the Lord is. Uh, turn to, if you can, maybe keep your finger there, but turn to Luke 12, 4 through 7. Uh, this is Jesus talking about, talking about um, what fear of the Lord means, what it looks like. Let you guys turn there. I tell you, my friends, do not fear those who kill the body and after that have nothing more that they can do. But I will warn you whom to fear. Fear him who after he has killed has authority to cast into hell. Yes, I tell you, fear him. Are not five sparrows sold for two pennies and not one of them in forgotten, is forgotten before God? Why, even the hairs of your head are well numbered. Fear not, <laughs> you are of more value than many sparrows. I think Jesus' teaching there is a very um, good way to understand what the fear of God is. I think sometimes we begin to talk about the fear of God like it's not actually fear, but it is. Uh, It is a real fear. Uh, That's what Jesus says here. It's a real fear. It's a fear knowing that, yes, someone can hurt me, someone can harm me, someone can even kill me, but only God is in control of my eternity. And so he is... He is the one truly worth being feared. And because of that, I love how Jesus says, fear not. Because of that, because he is the one that can truly control your fate, you don't have to be afraid of anything else. He's the only thing, the only one, the only being to be afraid of. And if you're afraid of him, if you submit to him, 
then he will care for you. He, he, will, he, will, he will take care of you, right? It says here, um, are not five sparrows sold for two pennies and not one of them is forgotten before God? Why, even the hairs of your head are all numbered. You are so well known by God. Fear not, you are more value than many sparrows. So he comes to this conclusion that if you fear God, you don't have to fear anything else because it, God is taking care of you. You have submitted to him. He is taking care of you. You are relying, if you are fearing God, if, if you are a woman, a man, a person who fears God, your complete reliance is on him. And we, we need to start there. We have to start there. That's, that's where Proverbs starts. That's where wisdom starts. And that's where this uh, competent, this capable wife starts. Um, we need to rely on God for everything. We need to fear God in, in, in everything, in, in the choices we make, in the ways we raise our families and, and take care of them and, and treat our friends and think about our work. And, and of course, um, even deeper that, our, our own need for salvation, right? Our, our need, our deep um, sin against God that needs to be taken, that we cannot, that we are totally dependent on that issue being solved by God himself. And of course, who solved it through Christ on the cross, right? That's, that's where... Fear of God takes us. Fear of God takes us to the foot of the cross. It takes us to trusting and believing in Christ Jesus um, for our sins. And this is really important before we get into this proverb because we're going to read this. And I think especially for, for, for women out there, I think, I think all of us think men should even look at this and, and be like, wow, I'm, I'm, I'm not even like that. I'm not, I'm not like that. I think, I think there's this tendency, especially with this passage, for women to be to look at and say, I I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not like that. I'm not, I'm not ever going to be like that. And I will tell you the most important part of this passage and the root of this passage and the question you need to ask is, do I fear the Lord? I, I believe God, God promises that um, from that root, from, from the fearing of the Lord is where um, capableness comes from, is where bravery comes from, is where strength comes from, where the ability to take care of our loved ones comes from is from first fearing the Lord. And so, so that's, that's my, that's my um, God's, I should say, God's grace to you this morning is if you perhaps feel unfit um, as, as a wife, as, as, as a mother, as, as a father, as a husband, as, as a person, um, start today by, by fearing God, by coming to the cross, by being led to the cross by that fear and by trusting and believing because it is from that that these actions come. It is from that that true wisdom must start. Okay, so let's, let's dig in. Let's, let's get in here. So the first, uh, the first part, it's, again, this poem's kind of split into a few different sections. I would say three. The first section um, is the value of a woman who fears God the value of a woman who fears God. So it starts in verse 10 by saying she's more precious than jewels. Uh, the word there is also like corals. So it's like uh, gems and things made out, of, made out of corals. So something that is very, very expensive and, and very, very much worth it. And um, so I think that one talks about beauty, but I think more important than that, it talks about literal value, like literal, like having this person in your life is going to actually bring real value to your life, is going to actually bring value to it. Um, so that's where he starts, but he goes deeper. And, and, and notice that uh, the author is pointing towards, is kind of looking at the husband when he's saying a lot of these things. It's like looking at the husband and, and, and just trying to, trying to prove and trying to show to the husband perhaps even something that husband doesn't see, right? Just trying to show this value. I'm just like, uh, so because so, the next one I think is really huge, really important. 
the heart of her husband trusts in her. The heart, right? The inner, the inner being of, of, of her husband trusts in her. This woman is trustworthy. She is trustworthy. She, 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 can, she can be trusted with all things. Um, and going on because of her, he will have no lack of gain. He will have no lack of gain. Um, gain looking in many ways. I think, I think gain uh, financially, gain in relationships, and we even as we get farther in, we'll see even gain in, in society in many ways. Um, and then it goes on, and it goes even more general and more covering. She does him good. This woman is valuable. This, this, this woman who fears the Lord is valuable because she does him good. She does her husband good and not harm. She does not harm him all the days of her life. She does him good and not harm. And again, I think I want to remember, I think it's easy to look at this as the wife and be like, man, I, I'm already feeling like I failed at this. But I want you to remember that this is actually a praise poem talking about someone who actually exists. And, 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 that, and I believe, in fact, I know this woman, these women actually exist in this room, right? And so this is a reminder to praise what exists. I think we can look at it and say, okay, this is a place I need to get better at. This is something I need to do better. It's something I need to keep in mind. But remembering this is actually also praising something, a, someone who actually exists. And so it starts with this, this concept of, of valuing. He has no lack. He can trust her. Um, she is someone that he can know will never do him harm. Um, and I also want to look at verse 23. I think this is, this is really interesting, helpful. Her husband is known in the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. So in fact, this woman, her fearing God, who she is, her character um, is so this isn't a very good word, but invasive is so powerful that it actually even affects, brings him to leadership in the community. It, it so empowers this man that he is able to lead well and is able to help and be a part of the community himself because she um, encourages and, and, and pushes and is there and does good for him. And so very strong and very much trying to focus on this value. Okay, now we're going to move on to the fun stuff, right? Um, the actions and the characters of this woman. Now, I think the first thing we have to say when we look at these actions, I think this is really helpful, right, is this is contextual. This is contextual. We do not need to go shear sheep, even though some of us do it. Um, we don't need to shear sheep. We don't need to sew clothes. Um, we don't need to go to the docks and wait for the ship to come in and, and buy the food because we live in 2023 and we can go to Walmart, right? This is not to shame you if you go to Walmart. Right. This is this is this is this is this is contextual. The actions here are contextual. So what we want to actually look at is the general truths. And again, these are the general truths that wisdom leads to. These are the general truths of, of uh, what what the fear of God leads to, what wisdom leads to. And so let's let, let's look at that. So kind of the the first area, and I have three points in this area, um, is that it takes care of the household. Right, this 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 person, this this woman of wisdom, this capable woman, is capable of uh, taking care of the household. So we see in uh, verses fourteen and fifteen that she uh, feeds them food. Right. So the first one is food. Uh, she's like the ships of the merchant. She brings her food from afar. Um, she rises while it's yet night and provides uh, food for her household and portions for her maidens. So food, not only for her family but anyone in her household. So you kind of see hospitality there. We'll kind of get into that, the characteristics. 
The other thing is clothing. Uh, you could say shelter, right? This woman um, makes clothing. That's all throughout here. Verse 21, um, she's not afraid of the snow for, uh, for her household, for all her household are clothed in scarlet. All right, so clothing is another thing. And then another one that, that I think is, is really interesting is, is money. She's an entrepreneur. Uh, verse 16, um, she considers a field and buys it with the fruit of her hand. So the money that she's made, she takes it and she actually goes and buys land and then plants a vineyard. And then it also talks about her, her selling uh, some of the goods that she, that she, that she makes. And uh, I think what we get from that is that this woman is very shrewd uh, and also just very thoughtful. And again, this all goes very much back to the Proverbs, right? It goes very much back to this concept of, of saving, of stewarding our money well. Uh, the second kind of different kinds of actions that she gives, and you'll notice as I'm going, I'm kind of all over. Again, that kind of goes back to this being chiastic, right? So the points will be here and here and then here and here and then here and here. It doesn't, we like to go straight. We like to have intro, point, 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 conclusion, right? That's not how, how this is written. So that's why we're going to kind of hop around these verses um, but the, the second area is society, her presence in society. There's some verses here that, that refer to that. So again, first is, is 15, hospitality, right? In verse 15, she provides for her maiden. She provides for those that come into her house. Hospitality, this woman, this wise woman is hospitable. Um, and verse 20, she is charitable. So she's hospitable and she's charitable. She gives to those that are, that are needy. Um, she reaches out her hand to the poor. She's giving in that way. And then the third kind of way she's involved in society, or a, a third way, uh, is uh, verse 24, the marketplace. She's actually involved in the marketplace. In verse 24, it says that she makes these, lo- these garments and she sells them. She delivers sashes to the merchants, right? So she's actually in the marketplace. So this woman actually is involved in society. She, she hosts and is hospitable at her home. She gives to those that are in need. She finds those that are in need in her community, in her area, and she gives to them. And she's actually um, in some way or another involved in, in commerce. And, and of course, like we all, again, we live in a kind of a different world. We're involved in commerce by going to Walmart, right? Um, and so this, this woman plays a role in society. And again, this all points back to her capableness. And so um, that's kind of the actions. That's the physical. And I think we have to talk about that because that's what a lot of it says. But those are to point to her actual characteristics. The point of those actions are to actually point at her characteristics. And so I've got seven. There's probably more. Uh, I've got kind of seven main characteristics of this woman that are fruits of her fear of the Lord, that are fruits of wisdom, and that lead her to, to, to live the life that she lives and do the actions that she does. So seven. So number one, characteristic number one, is that she works willingly and not begrudgingly. And that's in verse 13. She seeks wool and flax and works with willing hands. Um, wisdom leads her to show that work is valuable, that work is important, and she does it willingly and gladly. The second, and I found this one um, perhaps most interesting and it was really fun to study and think about, is that the second characteristic is she dresses herself with strength. You could, if you want to put something short, you could say she is strong, but it, it actually says she dresses her, in verse 17, she dresses herself with strength and makes her arm strong. Um, my first thought was, was uh, so she works out. She makes her arm strong. Um, but what this is actually talking about is a, a, a mental concept, a, 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 a spiritual mental way of just, I'm, I'm, I'm in this moment at this time, 
I've got to be strong, so I'm going to be strong, right? I've got to do this job. I've got to accomplish this. I've got to be competent. I've got to be capable. In this moment, I'm going to, I'm going to set my mind, set my spirit to be strong, right? So I love that. So not only is she strong and, and capable, but, but she actually like takes the time to, like, okay, this may be really hard. This may be really challenging. I'm going to set, set my mind to strength. I'm going to take, takes the time, wisdom, fear of God takes the time to do that, to, to, Set your mind to work hard, to be strong in the moment, to have great strength. Uh, number four is she is generous. This woman is, is very generous, right? Again, we see that in verse 20. She's charitable. Um, she makes uh, this money. She takes care of her household. She stewards what she has. And part of that stewarding is that she takes care of those that are in need. She, she sees those needs. And, and I think that looks like giving needs to the poor, but I think that also looks like just looking for needs around you. And again, I, I see that very much in our church, right? I see when, 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 someone is, when someone is sick, when someone has gone through something, when um, challenges have come to their life, I, I see many, many people, especially the women, jump in and help with meals and help with cleaning and help be there even just as a shoulder to cry on. And I think um, that's, that's what this looks like. That is a, that is a characteristic of this woman. Number five, five, is she is fearless. She is fearless. And this is actually throughout. Um, but let's, let's kind of go through it. This one I think is worth spending a lot of time on because I think it's really important. So she is fearless. Verse 21, uh, she is not afraid of snow. She is not afraid of snow for her household, for all her household are clothed in scarlet. So one reason she's not afraid is because she's ready. She's prepared. She's thought about these things. Um, she's, she's, you know, we, we can't be prepared for everything. We can't know everything, but this woman does her best to be prepared. Wisdom is prepared, right? We, 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 wisdom um, looks at what may happen and is prepared for that situation the best that can, that can be. So that is one reason that she is not afraid. Um, also notice in verse 25, it says that strength and dignity are her clothing and she laughs at the time to come. And I actually kind of see fearlessness twice there. I, I love that concept of, of dignity, right? She has strength and dignity are her clothing, are her clothing. That means she wears dignity. What, what, what does a person that wears dignity, how do they think? They don't care what people think about them, right? They're confident they're confident in who they are. And that makes sense of a person whose fear is only in the Lord because they don't need to fear anyone else. They don't need to fear what anyone else thinks of them about what they look like or what they do because they fear only the Lord. And so this person is able to walk around with a confidence, with a dignity that comes only from God. And then the third part of this fear concept is they, in that same verse 25, is they are not afraid of the unknown. And I love how it says, she laughs at what is to come, right? Meaning, meaning she is not afraid of what, what the future holds. And wow, what a thing to say, right? Because we're often afraid of what the future holds. Um, that's that's, that's kind of what the future is to us in many ways, is, is, is a frightening thing. Um, I think something that's helpful is, is that doesn't mean that scary things aren't gonna happen. Uh, in First Peter 3, 6, I love it's talking, talking to women and, and talking about being like Sarah. And it actually says um, to, he tells women to do good and to not fear what is frightening. I always love that. I always think about that. Don't fear what is frightening. Isn't, isn't that interesting? Like, like, yes, there are things that are frightening. There are things that are scary. Don't, don't fear them. Even though, even though they, they are frightening and perhaps you can see as rightful to, to, be, to be afraid of them, do not, do not be afraid. The only fear that this woman has to fear 
is, is the Lord. And that is a fear of submission. That is a fear of uh, dependence on God. And it is a fear that, of course, as we've said, leads to, leads to the cross, leads to love, right? Leads to a la- relationship with Christ, a, a fear um, that is so healthy and so good and uh, so empowering because it comes from the cross, because it comes from Christ himself. The third, uh, sorry, the sixth characteristic is she speaks wisely and teaches kindness. That's in verse 26, right? I really like that verse. Um, She opens her mouth with wisdom and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. She opens her mouth with wisdom and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. Um, So I love that you kind of see here, in some ways I kind of see a kind of formal and informal teaching, right? Formal and informal wisdom, formal and formal kindness. I think that's something too, right? Wisdom doesn't just stay with a person. A person who is wise, a person who, who fears God shares that. A person who shares God and his wife shares that. And it's both formal and informal, right? You see in that phrase teaching, like actually teaching. And I think this could be for their kids, for whoever it may be in their life, they're teaching. But I love how it also just talks about, um, opens her mouth, just kind of on her tongue. It also just, it also just comes from her. Wisdom, kindness, and a, and a connection between wisdom and kindness, kind wisdom, um, wise kindness comes off of this woman's tongue. Again, that's what the fear of the Lord looks like. What a, what a wonderful um, person this is creating, right? And then the final uh, one that, that, that I kind of see here is, is number seven, is that um, in verse 27, this woman does not fall into idleness, but rather does good work. This woman does not fall into idleness, but rather does good work. That's verse, verse 27. She looks well on the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. A big theme in the book of Proverbs is the concept of the sluggard. The sluggard is uh, this very wonderful word, right? It's a really great word to describe a lazy person, a person who does not, who does not work hard. Um, it talks about the, the sluggard being so lazy that they put their hand in the bowl to eat, but they don't even bring, bring it to their mouth. Right, that's that. That's the sluggard. The sluggard makes excuses. The sluggard says, "Oh, I can't go to work today because there's a lion in the road." Right, that is not this woman. This woman is not that way. This woman is not an idol. And I think this is something very important because this is actually a a, a scriptural concept that we see th- we th- see throughout the Bible. Um, obviously, uh, men struggle with with laziness very very much and, and and idleness, and that's a big theme in Proverbs for men. I think specifically, um, but idleness is also something uh, very strongly taught to women in the New Testament to, to, to not to fall into, but to rather stay busy. In 1 Timothy um, 5, 13, uh, let's, let's turn there. I think it's worth, worth turning to uh, 1 Timothy 5, if I can find it. I didn't have it saved on here. First Timothy five thirteen says, and this is talking about 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 women, about widows, and in the church, uh, what Timothy's supposed to do. He says, besides that, they learn to be idlers, going about from house to house, and not only idlers but also gossips and busybodies, saying what they should not. And so I, th- I think this is a, a good warning. I think this this to know we've talked a lot about what this woman does, but this also mentions something this woman does not do. This woman, she doesn't gossip. She's not idle. She doesn't go around as a busybody causing problems, saying things that she should not say. 
this, this woman, again, is not just known for what she does, but also what she does not do. She does not gossip. She is not idle. Um, she is a very valuable worker. She is someone who, who takes her time and uses her time well, who stewards her time very, very well. Okay, so we've talked about the value of this woman. We've talked about the actions and characteristics, and we will end with the final section, verses 28 through 31, which is the praising of this woman and, what's, and what this looks like. And again, it's very much connected to that first, that first part, this excellent woman, who can find, who can find this person? This person um, is uh, so worth having and, 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 and in fact can in some ways be so rare uh, who can find them just to show, show their value. And so in, in uh, verses 28 through 31, and again, I think this is the main teachings. If there's teachings of this passage, it's here. And, and it's the call to praise. And so first off, it calls children and their husbands to, to uh, sorry, children and husbands to praise this woman, to praise her. Right, verse 28, her children rise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. Right, and I think I see, I see a couple things in here in this passage and um, uh, how we do that. How do we praise this, this, this woman? How do we praise this God-fearing woman? And uh, the first is with our actions. Verse 28, rise up, rise up. You know, so so you, you, can't, you can't do this from sitting in your recliner. Um, you have to, yeah, you have to rise up. And I'm not saying that he's specifically saying an act, a specific action to do, but I think he's saying, get out of the monotony and the things that have been blinding you from seeing who this woman is and the way she is living, and rise up and praise her. Rise up with your actions, with the things that you do. Show her her value. Show her her worth. Um, show her that. And then with words, actually do it with words. Verse 29 is actually quoting what, what the husband would say, what words the husband would say to, uh, his, to, to his wife, to this wife that fears, that fears the Lord. And uh, it's this, right? Many women have done excellently, but you surpass them all, right? I think it's easy to look at that and be like, man, why is he being all comparative, <laughs> you know? Like, why, why do you have to compare to, to otherwise? And, and the truth is, we actually do something really similar to that a lot, right? We just don't think of it that way. We say, you're the best, right? Well, if you say someone's the best, you're being comparative, right? But, but in, in, in one sense, we don't actually know, but in another sense, we totally 100% mean it, right? Someone is the best. Um, you're the best. And I, I, think, I think that's something worth, worth saying. That's really what saying the husband says, right? It's, honey, you're the best, <laughs> you know? But really meaning it and really seeing it and rising up and saying, um, man, you, 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 really, you really are the best. Uh, I, I am so thankful to have you is so valuable to have you um, and, and to, to, to see this. And I think something worth, worth mentioning that can, I think, help us do this um, because we often go through life with these blinders on, right? We look at our mission and we look at what has, especially men, I think, and we just go, 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 go. And this is, and I got to accomplish this. And we're just blinded to this person that's doing everything for us um, and, don't, and don't see. I think it's worth stopping and doing what this, what this, Proverbs does and making a list. Just taking time and being, making a list of thankfulness. Man, I'm so thankful my wife does this and 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 this. I'll stop. Right, I think that's worth doing. Because that's in many ways what this is, right? This literally is in some ways 
that poem from the kid of like, mom, you're great. I love you. You're so, you're so amazing. There's this uh, a poem I really love. It's called The Lanyard. The author escapes me right now. I can't think of the name, um, but it's called the, the Lanyard. And it talks about, uh, this guy's talking about, he goes to camp and at camp they do this craft and they make this lanyard and they're making the lanyard for their moms, right? Just this, this little little lanyard made out of whatever they're making out, a little out of fabric. And in this poem, he, he elaborates and talks about how, how all the things his mom did for him, all the, all the things that she did. She, you know, um, did, did the laundry, taught him many things, um, cooked all these meals, uh, the money she made at her job, all these different things that, that she did for him. And he goes, and when I got back from camp, I gave her a lanyard. You know, and just, it just said that like, you can never, you did that concept of not being ever able to repay. I think, I think it, is, it is helpful for us to make that list. I think it's helpful for us to write that poem, even if it's just um, to read and, to, and to, be, to be thankful for, to remind us of these things. But it does not just stop in the household. If you look in verse 31, um, it says, give her of the fruit of her hands and let her works praise her in the gates. And praise her in the gates means, in, in, that's, the, that's the place of community meeting. That's the place that represents society. That's the place that represents the group. And so what this is saying is, this woman is not just supposed to be um, praised and honored by her household. This is someone that the community should honor. A woman who fears the Lord should be honored by this church. Women who fear the Lord should be honored here, should be praised here, um, should be loved, should be cared for, should be cherished in this church by all of us. And of course, in our community as a whole, but I think, I think that starts in our church. So in concluding, what I want to remind us of is that this passage is in the present tense. This passage is not saying, hey, if you want to be this, do this, do this, do this, do this. There's something there. I think, I think we can look at that. I think, we can, I think women can look at this and say, I, I want to accomplish some of these things. I want, I, want, I want to build my character in these ways. And I think men should look at it and say, wow, one, I should be these ways also. But two, uh, man, this, this is the kind of person um, that, is, that, that is worthy. But again, even, even, you, even yourself. But what this really is, is pointing out that this person actually exists. And there's not just one of them, there's many of them. And there's many of them in this room. And there's many of them in your lives, most likely. And that this person is worthy of praise. This person is worthy of being honored. This person is, is, is worthy of being cared for. This person is worthy of uh, the fruit that comes from their actions, from the things that they do, the, the, the fruit that comes from uh, the, the many nights, the many uh, hours, the many things they do, the many jobs, um, the, the hours of driving, the, the many, many things that um, a mom, a wife, a, a woman does. These things are to be honored and they are to be honored because this woman Pray, this woman fears the Lord. Verse 30, I think that, that, that's the key, the key passage. Charm is deceitful, beauty is vain, right? Charm and beauty are examples of things that are very shallow, that are very top, um, but, not, but not, not deep, right? And the words deceitful and vain point that out, right? Deceitful and vain. Those things are, are fleeting, right? Ecclesiastes, those things are fleeting. Those things are vanity, those things are fleeting. But a woman who fears the Lord, if you have that, if you have in your life someone, a woman who praises the Lord, she 
It's that, that, that fears the Lord, she is worthy of being praised. If you have a woman in your life who loves Jesus with all of her heart, that is something worth treasuring. Truly worth treasuring. And in that treasuring, in that treasuring, you will treat her correctly, how she needs to be treated, because she should be treasured, and you will be honoring God because it is from him and from him alone that that value comes from. And so I guess the application is, is, is quite simple. Honor those women today. See them, recognize them, and thank God for them because it is from the Lord, it is from God, it is from his grace, it is even from the work of Christ on the cross that these things come from. Let me pray. Father God, we are thankful uh, for wisdom, wisdom that is obviously for men and women, both we, Lord, as this passage, we are thankful for the women in our lives who fear you, the women in this church who fear you. Father, it is a gift. May we see them as a gift and may the praising of them bring great worship and glory and honor and praise to you um, for it is from you uh, that their value comes from and their worth comes from, Father. And may we uh, see them and, and, and want to mirror that. May we mirror these characteristics. May we um, mirror the fearlessness, the integrity, the courage, uh, all these things, Father. And, and may we also, um, may, 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 we, may we praise, may we honor, honor this woman in, in, in our lives, Father, again, for your glory. Praise things in your name. Amen.